Hi, and welcome to Reverse Sequels. My name is Ellie, and with me, as always, is... Patrick. And on today's podcast, we are discussing The Rainbow Trail, Part 2, where we discuss the original Riders of the Purple Sage. That's right. So Riders of the Purple Sage is about a man named Jim Lasseter who rolls in town looking for somebody named Millie. He meets this woman, Jane Witherstein, who owns a ranch, and he walks right into the middle of her problems with a local gang who's trying to get her to sell, and she doesn't want to. Yes. And right off the bat, do we want to start with what we got right? Never in the history of this podcast, through 24 movies, have I ever been so right and then recanted threw it all away i had the most perfect answer in my hand and i thought i second guessed myself i thought i was wrong and i let it slip away so i got everything wrong in this but originally you got everything right i know and then i was like that couldn't be so i think actually we need to start with wrongs yeah so that we could explain what happened Okay, well... Also, not only was I totally wrong, you were going to be right, and I made you change your mind. I know. So there's a lot (laughs) with this, I guess... I guess I can't really discuss what I got right or wrong until there's one question that's answered for me. Oh, okay. What's that? Who are the writers of the Purple (laughs) Sage? There are are none. What (laughs) does that mean? Nothing. It's just, you know what? It reminded me of, like, Reservoir Dogs. Just a cool sounding title means nothing. There are no actual Reservoir Dogs. There are no actual Riders of the Purple Sage. Just okay. a cool name. Because then I got that wrong. Because I said there'd be multiple riders <laughs> and they'd be good guys. No. there. So there is a gang, but they're called like the Law and Order Society. Yes. The Law and Order League. Law and Order League. And Jim Lasseter just by himself. So he. So maybe it's just maybe a broader way to refer to cowboys or, you know, people in the Old West were just riders of the Purple Sage. I don't know. Oh. I didn't even see any Purple Sage in the movie. Well, it is in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I didn't see any sage. Okay, so I'm going to start with what I got right because I think there's like two or three things and then everything else was wrong. Oh, okay. First, I predicted there would be cattle rustlers. Nailed it. Nailed it. First, a couple lines are talking about Thank rustling cattle. goodness. And I did look it up and they are cattle rustlers. It's the parlance for stealing cattle. Nice. Also, I got it right that there would be no prostitutes. Yeah, you did. You sure did. And then that's about it, I think. Those are my two big ones. I have one right and one that I think I got right, but I don't actually remember. My one right, I thought there'd be more guns in this one. True. There were. There's some guns. There's some shootouts. Um, Also, did I say anything about there be some people playing poker? Yeah. I think I did, right? There there was a scene where they play poker. Okay, okay. (laughs) So I might have got that right. I don't know. That's it. Um, oh, I might count as a right. I did say that this one would be sweeter than the last one. Okay. I think they had a child in it. There were some sweeter elements. He was carrying around his shoulders and things like that. So. All right. Okay. I'll give you that one. Um, since there's so little that we got right. That's it. Okay. So in the previous movie, which was the sequel, but we watched it last. 
the Rainbow Trail. They tell this whole story about Jim Lasseter and Jane Witherstein being chased into a valley and being stuck. They had a little girl, Faye Larkin. This dying man named Venters tells this whole story. Then the main plot of that movie follows a totally different guy. Named Shefford. That's another thing I got wrong. We thought it was Shepard. Shefford. Which would have made sense, but his name was Shefford with two Fs, according to Wikipedia. We follow his whole story. And he meets Faye Larkin, Faye Larkin, they fall in love, you only see Jim and Jane at the very end, and then Jim Lasseter is clearly a completely different guy than Shefford. Well, 15 years have elapsed. But, <laughs> no, but Shefford is played by George O'Brien, and I knew that the star of the first one was also George O'Brien, so I just assumed we came up with this perfect, like... What? Well, this perfect logical thing where we said, if Jim and Jane are in the first one, Shepard can't be. And if Shepard is in the first one, then they can't be. And we just thought, since this, here's George O'Brien as Shepard, he must have been in the first one. I even considered for a second that he was played Jim Lasseter. That was the same actor playing two different roles. But I thought, you can't do that if you bring the other guy back in the movie. Um, There is a precedent. Baby geniuses. <laughs> but even Super then, babies. That's true. But even then, I don't think they brought back that same character and had him played by a different actor. That's true. It was just true. the same actor playing different characters. I don't know. I didn't think that you could do that in a movie, and you did. So everything that we could have predicted, I threw out the window, and it was all wrong. Here's a question. Do you think that people at the time were confused? No. You think Probably they were just not. clamoring for George O'Brien? He could play any character. Yeah. Even a different character in the sequel to a movie where he played the main character? <laughs> I think so. Then they were okay with that? I guess. I don't know. I guess they're following plots of books, so they couldn't... Because, all right, after seeing this movie now, why couldn't the sequel have been Jim Lasseter getting out of the valley himself? Why is the second movie following a whole different character who now has to save Jim Lasseter by throwing a rope down there? Good question. I don't know. I don't know a lot about movies of this time period. So weird. So basically everything is wrong that we predicted. There's no town. There's no guy with no teeth. Nothing. Um, there's no riders of the purple sage, <laughs> to my knowledge. No. So let's get into what we could have never predicted oh, because wait. I do have a lot. I did have another couple like separate wrongs, though. Oh, one that I thought was weird, I thought that the good guy would definitely be in white, and Lasseter's actually in black the whole time. That's true. Which I have some more to talk about in my Never Predicted, and oh. also that um, Judge Dyer is in the movie. And that goes in with the whole, we're wrong about everything, Plot. but... Well, if we want to go through line items about what we're wrong about, I said that there'd be a tiny glasses man. Did no. not see that. We didn't really have... There's like six characters Quick in the Quick talking movie. woman, no. But you know what I just noticed? Hmm. Tell me if this is a right or a wrong. Okay. I said there would be no love interest for Shepard. <laughs> well, considering <laughs> Shepard's not in the movie... Is that a right or a wrong? I'll give it to you as a right. <laughs> ah, yes. All right. Let's get into then Never Predicted. Yeah, because I got a lot. Okay, so right off the bat, we never predicted it was going to be Lasseter and Jane Witherstein, <laughs> I guess, um, and Judge Dyer and everything like that. Here's what I never could have predicted. Mm -hmm. 
George O'Brien is hot in this movie. Oh, get out of here. And in the last movie, Rainbow <laughs> you Trail. You called him he, a doofus. Yeah. So I was like, how is he the same guy? But in this movie, he has some sex appeal. Maybe he never faced completely forward to the camera. No, I So you're only seeing he profile. He did. Oh, so maybe it was just a weird shot in the last one. True. Um, here, I didn't realize you were so attracted to George O'Brien. I wrote down sexy old timers. Really? Everybody's looking good in these movies. The women, <laughs> oh, yeah. the men. Okay. Um, My first thing that I could have never predicted is like how shittily made this movie was. Just in terms of like quality of movie. Like the story was not bad, but like the editing is... I thought I wasn't going to be able to get through it. The editing is so jumpy. The sound the is... The sound is terrible. There's like, a child in this movie. I didn't understand one <laughs> single word. No. And I had to turn it up to like a hundred yeah, volume. Yeah, we had this on like full blast. But yeah, the sound keeps like cutting out and then it's like, I don't know. It's really hard to get through. Which the second one is only a year later and it's way more competently made it seems like. So I don't know. Different directors. I'm not sure what happened there, but it was... You can watch this whole movie on YouTube, but I would not recommend it. Um, I I don't know. I was also going to say I never could have predicted that everyone was going to have a different last name. So there's Lassiter, uh, Witherstein, Faye Larkin, and Millie Earns. Yeah. Which later we find out Faye Larkin is the daughter of Millie Earns. She is? Isn't she? Let No, Bess, the masked woman, was her daughter. Faye is just some random little girl that Jane Witherstein adopted. Oh, okay. Never mind. I got that mixed <laughs> up. I couldn't keep them straight because of all the different last names. Yeah. Bess, what's her last name? We don't... I don't if well, it, it was be Earns. Yeah, but we don't ever find out. That's like a big reveal. Well, yeah, it was a big reveal, <laughs> but it could have been like, tell her us her last name. No, it, I found it confusing to follow. I, oh, here's something I wanted to ask you. We find out that Jane Witherstein lost her father in a gunfight. Yeah. But she falls for Lassiter, who's a vigilante. Is this a pro or anti-vigilante message in this movie? Yeah, so I thought that that the themes were, like, really interesting. So Jane Lassiter is basically, like, a pacifist. She's really against, like, gun violence and stuff. And she is almost like resisting falling in love with Jim Lasseter because she knows that he's like a gunslinger. And but there's a couple things that happen. One, some guy pulls a gun on Lasseter and right. while he's like unconscious, he's knocked out and he's going to kill Lasseter maybe. So she has to first of all, she jumps on his body to protect him. And then she pulls the gun out of his holster to point at the guy. Yeah, she does. So she kind of like, and she looks like a badass. They do this crazy zoom in on her face. Not just a zoom in to her face, to her eyes. Yeah. And then so I think, so she kind of, I don't know, she kind of changed a little bit in that moment. So then at the end when Lasseter is running off to like kill people and she has that great speech where she's like, she's like, you just like killing people. I wrote down the exact line. You just like to take men's lives. Yeah. And, and you won't give it up for anybody. Or something like that. But then I think, I don't know. I think it's pro. I think she sees like... The necessity of it. The necessity. If the government's corrupt, which in this movie it is, the Law and Order League is corrupt, sometimes you got to take justice into your own hands because nobody else will do it. Here's a question. I have so many questions. Why does the Law and Order League hate Texans? 
They go out of their way to yeah. say, oh, they're from Texas. I hate people from Texas. I don't know. I just regional biases. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Country against country. Well, th- also, I think when he found out the last was from Texas, when Judge Dyer's like, from Texas, what? Yeah. I think it's because he knew he was coming to look for Millie. Okay. When he found out he was from Texas, he's like, uh-oh, I stole a woman from Texas and she's dead. That must run in the that family. That might be catching up to me. Because doesn't his son try to steal a woman yeah. in Rainbow They're Trail? They're just a women-stealing family. Here's another question. Did you think the name Millie Earns was funny? Because I thought it sounded like a Batman villain. <laughs> like Millie Earns? Like millions or something? Like A little bit, yeah. I was like, oh. Oh, another, just while we're on kinds of names and things like that, they talk about the masked man, this rider called the, then they go, there's a masked man who rides. Yeah. People call him the masked man. (laughs) (laughs) That was maybe one of my favorite lines. I did like that. And then so the masked man ends up being Bess. A woman. A woman, yeah. So there's a scene where... I'm a little unclear on this. So there's this old guy in the gang. He works for Dyer. He's part of the gang. His name is Old Ring. And he has like a liking to Bess. He has this great line where he says, I'm not what anyone would call a good man, but I try to be good to you. But it's also weird because he's talking to her within inches of her face. Yeah, I thought they were Holding kiss. her in embrace. He acted very fatherly, but then his body language, he said, I'm not your father. Oh, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to get down. Yeah. Where, sure. did, where, how did he get Bess? Did he steal her? No, Dyer stole her. Yeah. But I think, so I think what was happening is this guy was helping her escape. Old Ring helped her to escape. Okay. But then, so Lassiter and Venters see her riding away they think that she's like one of the bad guys and Venter straight up shoots her yeah shoots her right off the horse i thought she was dead i thought she was dead too but then mentors nurses her back to health and is like sorry i shot you they make out and are like we're running away to get married together here's a question too i almost want to rewatch the beginning of rainbow trail was she there does he mention her in his big soliloquy while he's dying yeah that's what i wanted to know like I yeah. What happened to her? Was yeah. she there? Was she killed? Where's no Bess? Venters dead? I don't know. And his name is Burn. Burn, Burn Venters. B E R N, which I just think is a great like old timey name. But I always want to interpose it and call him Vern Bettners. But it's Burn Venters. Yeah. Oh weird! I didn't even know he got a first name. Burn. <laughs> It's a good name. Also related to the Texas theme, Lassiter sings this horse song. <laughs> Yeah. To the little girl. Faye. Faye, right? And it's like brown horse, white horse. And then later on, Bess is singing it. Mm-hmm. And that's how he identifies her as that's his he, niece. Yeah, that's how he knows because she's Because they're Texas. like, that's a regional Texas <laughs> lullaby. Yeah, I like that little yeah. that little element. Is is it just me or is it weird for you to see George O'Brien interacting with the little girl Faye, knowing in the, in the next movie, she grows up to be 20 years old. And the same actor playing a different character is banging her. I want to know what what went down in Surprise Valley. <laughs> like, all right, yeah, it does weird me out. It does weird me out a little bit. Also, it weirded me out that they did a full-on mouth kiss. 
Yeah. Is it maybe people just used to do that? You could just kiss a stranger's daughter on the lips and nobody thought anything of it? It was like a more innocent time? Maybe. I don't know, because Ulring uh, gave me the creeps. So creepy stuff going on. But maybe that's now. Back in the 30s, that wasn't creepy. I bet it still was. But just <laughs> not like was, on the surface. Nobody was allowed to say it. Yeah. Okay. A couple other things go down. Poor Jane Weatherstein. All of these bad guys in the Law and Order League because a stampede of her herd. Uh, we learned how to stop a stampede in this movie. Yeah. It was be- educational. He says there's only one way to stop a stampede. And then he runs <laughs> off to do it. And then later on, he comes back and tells us. He had, explains what we yeah, just saw. Yeah, I had to catch a leader to cause the herd to scatter. Yeah. Um, And he sacrificed his horse in the stampede. There was this amazing stampede footage. Yeah. I thought cool. that was really well done. Yeah. They were on the ground under the hooves. There was a lot of cattle. Yeah. Well, like, just like tricks. the last one, there was some cool special effects. There was also another avalanche in this movie. Yeah. This well, movie's caused two avalanches. It's dangerous out there. Before the stampede scene, there's a guy who runs in to tell him, there's a stampede, I tried to stop it. And he has his arm in a sling, and he says my other favorite line. What was it? They tried to shoot off my favorite dinner hook. (laughs) Oh, no, you're going to start using that. Uh I can already tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right, and now after Lassiter stops the stampede, there's a bounty on his head. The Law and Order League are like, okay, he's got to go. Dead or alive. Yeah. Basically. Like the Bon Jovi song. <laughs> Similar themes, too. <laughs> um, then we get a lot of, like, these amazing horseback riding shots. They find out the hideout to oh, yeah. the Law and Order League's gang is through this waterfall. That was cool. Yeah. And that's where they were hiding best. If the I whole ever time. have a gang and we need a hideout, I'm definitely going behind a waterfall. Well, yeah, and they find them because a few of the strayed cattle from the stampede, they're like rustling them through the waterfall. Yeah. There's some good shots in there. You just like saying cattle rustling. I do. You know what? I think I could have been an actor in the thirties. Oh, you think so? I think I would have been great at it. It's just a lot of straightforward delivery of lines. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So this is 1931. You're so close to when, like, talkies were first even invented. So George O'Brien got his start as a silent movie actor. Yeah. I'm assuming most of these actors were from silent movies. So you can kind of tell, like, he does a lot of real big, broad movements. Like, mm-hmm. you hear something in the background, his whole body turns. It's very, like, silent movie-ish to me. Yeah. So I think... The reason that, like, everybody's kind of delivering these lines like this is because they're not... Used to talking? Yeah, I think so. Because there was a great scene where Jane, um, Jane Witherstein, it's after Lasseter lost his horse in the stampede, and he's like, can I borrow one of yours? And she's just giving these lines like, yeah, you can borrow a horse. Not that one. He's not a good horse. Don't tell me about horses. I know about horses. It's just like, there's no inflection. It's all dead. <laughs> Wait, are you related to Jane Witherstein? That was a dead-on impression. You know, I was trapped in Surprise Valley <laughs> 15 years. I do like that we find out why they were trapped. Yeah. There was a rock that sealed them in, sealed the pass. Yeah. I mean... It, Done. This movie set up the sequel perfectly. Yeah. So perfect that I couldn't have predicted it. Because I just, <laughs> I didn't think it would be that easy. Um, And it was. It was a little confusing to watch, though. A little bit. To try to catch everybody. That could be because we're going in reverse. Here's what I wanted to talk about. This is a little bit of a tangent. 
a little bit of into the history of it, but I just thought it was really interesting. So there was stuff in this movie and in the sequel that I was like, I, I can't believe you could show that in the 30s. Like okay. that swimming hole scene yeah. where they were basically fully nude. In this one, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of guns. There was a scene where Lasseter criticizes religion, sort of. I don't know. It's very, it's a very weird for the 30s scene. So he, she, Jane Witherstein's basically talking about like her religious beliefs. And he says, if you're talking about the Lord, he's not working in this country. Like something like that. Like basically Ooh. there's no God in this country. It's just a godless, lawless world. And I was like, what? You couldn't talk about stuff like that. Like Lassiter's an atheist maybe or doesn't believe in the Lord. You can't say that. So I had to look into the history. So the Hayes Code was passed in 1930, but was not enforced until 1934. What is the Hayes Code? So the Hayes Code is the production code that went into place because Hollywood had a really terrible reputation in the 20s. It was There was all these scandals, and there was like risque for the time movies being made. So basically people thought Hollywood were, were scumbags, and like they were poisoning the youth of America, you know, all that kind of stuff that happened with rock and roll and with video games like in the 20s that was going on with movies so the motion picture association of america decided we have to self-regulate we have to come up with this code so that's why when you see movies from the 40s they seem to us so stiff stiff yeah no sex no violence you know and the reason is because of this code so they put in things like you had to have minimal gunplay. You couldn't have any kind of sex you weren't even allowed to say the word lord unless it was in like a positive religious way so this was one of the first, or was, this pre. was one of the last pre-code movies. If you look on its Wikipedia, it even says a pre-code Western. When does that Hayes Code get repealed? <laughs> so it starts to deteriorate in the 60s because right. filmmakers are pushing more and more boundaries. And then you have foreign filmmakers that aren't subject to the same code. So in the late 60s, it goes away. And that's why you have this explosion in the late 60s and 70s of violence and sex and sex exploitation. Oh, that's really interesting. You know what else I think is kind of cool that this was a pre-Hays Code movie was because when I did some research and looked up the original plot of the book this is based on, it's heavy in religious themes. Yeah. Lasseter's supposed to be a Mormon killer. Vigilante. <laughs> yeah. And then we get this whole dichotomy because Jane Witherstein is supposed to be a Mormon daughter they call her like a spinster because she's 28, unmarried, inherited her father's ranch, does not want to marry one of the Mormon elders. And the judge is very, oh, what's the word I want? Religious? Zealot? No. Polygamist? Bad. <laughs> oh, that word. He's just unlawful. He just doesn't okay. follow the rules. And so. Corrupt? Corrupt. Maybe that's the one. It's so interesting because Ventner's burn is supposed to be a Gentile, non-Mormon. Yeah. So not only are we getting this Western, we're getting this cross-section of the American West, of Mormonism, polygamy, and women's rights, and all this stuff going on. So I think this is kind of a cool movie in many, many ways. Yeah. Well, the book I was reading... It came out in 1912 by Zane Grey, who's like, you know, the biggest Western author. And they said that this book, in many ways, like, shaped our view of the uh, Old West. So, like, 
It's interesting they took out all the religious elements, like all the Mormon stuff for the movie version. But they give a nod to it in that speech. I think they do. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Another, just a weird random fact about the Hayes Code. (laughs) One of the biggest, I went down a rabbit hole. One of the biggest scandals that kind of led to the Hayes Code was the Fatty Arbuckle scandal. Oh. So Fatty Arbuckle is a huge comedian. He had this Labor Day party in San Francisco in his hotel and this woman ended up dead. Yes. Her acquaintances accused Fatty Arbuckle of raping and murdering her. Right. Um, we don't know, if, or killing her accidentally. He ended up getting off. We don't know if he did it or not. He probably did. But that was one of the biggest scandals that led to the creation of the Hayes Code. The, pol- the chief of police in San Francisco that arrested Fatty Arbuckle... George O'Brien's dad. Whoa! He's a real vigilante! (laughs) Weird. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, random. Um, here's a random fact. Fatty Arbuckle was one of the suspects in the Black Dahlia murder trial. Whoa! Because they think he had this reputation as a murderer that it might have been him. Oh, I believe it. I don't know. He looks shady. Poor (laughs) Fatty. He looks shady. <laughs> yeah, George, I went down a rabbit hole on George O'Brien, too. He had a crazy life. His dad was the chief of police. He served in World War One. He was like an athlete and a stuntman and they, then became an actor. I, I saw a book that was written about him called A Man's Man in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Because he does a lot of cool stuff. He jumps off his horse onto a steer in this movie. Yeah. He's riding around. I think it's kind of cool. I think he is a man's man at the time. I love finding out about people during this era because I think looking back, we think of them as so pristine and clean. All of these silent film stars married three or four times, dying of laudanum poisoning, alcoholism. (laughs) Like, it's it was crazy times. Did you see who George O'Brien married? The star of this movie. Jane Witherstein. Yeah. Jim Lasseter and Jane Witherstein wound up together in real life. When she says at the end, I love you. Oh. How sweet is that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other never could have predicted? Oh, well, to like make matters worse, after the stampede, they end up stealing all of Jane Weatherstein's horses. Then they burn down the ranch. Because my question was, why did she have to leave? They're trying to drive her out because yeah. they want her ranch, her land. She does leave. She loses everything. Yeah. And... That drives me nuts. But then, you know, builds a new home in Surprise Valley. They live there for 15 years. Sure, but it's like, it's not right. It's yeah. unjust. I mean, yeah, like, this is a movie where the good guys don't really win. We don't really know if they're good guys or not. Like, he's an outlaw that kills, I mean, uh, bad guys, but right. like... is a killer. But, yeah, who like, they're bad from his perspective. But, you know, they're the Law and Order League. So, it's there's a lot of, like, gray... Morally gray questions here. That sounds like a good character. Morally gray. (laughs) Leader of the Law and Order League. I had one more line that I liked. Okay. Which was, some guy comes in, and this is when there's the big chase. After they've stolen the horses, they're burning the ranch. He said, they're coming. Everyone in town who can ride a horse. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was just funny. And um, it's not just everyone in town. Everyone who can ride a horse. (laughs) I'd, I'd be out. In my pursuit of trying to find out who the riders of the Purple Sage were, I Googled and Googled and Googled. The only thing I came across, there's a band oh. called Riders of the Purple Sage. What, isn't that like a 60s band? The new Riders of the Purple Sage? Yeah. Weren't they like a Grateful Dead kind of band? I don't know. But here's my question. How are they? New who? <laughs> yeah, who are the are old they riders? Are good guys? Bad guys? Who are the old ones? I think maybe it's everybody. 
I don't know. We'll we're, have to read the Zane Grey wait, book. We're all writers of the Purple yeah. Sage? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> I don't know. And then, you know, the classic rock fall at the end. I love that they told us how they were trapped in Surprise Valley. Yeah, like, I mean, this movie was exactly what we've always wanted. It <laughs> gave us everything to yeah. predict the first one, and we blew it. Or well, I blew it and forced you to blow it. I don't know if we blew it. Like, the movie did kind of make it a little murky. I mean, a little, but they they had a dying man explain the entire plot of the first movie to us. And <laughs> we, I don't know. Well, logic would dictate, well. But now we know. Now we know. <sighs> All right. Time for our two questions. Okay. What did you like better? Rainbow Trail or Riders of the Purple Sage? I think I'm going to have to go with Riders of the Purple Sage. Really? Even though you didn't find out who the riders were? Even though I didn't find out the riders, even though the sound quality made me miss out on half of the dialogue, <laughs> I, I respect these movies. There were some really cool shots going on. I think the plot was really intricate and engaging. Um, I was hoping to kind of like space out a little bit. During parts of this movie, no, I was fully engaged the whole time. Okay. What about you? I've been thinking about it. I'm going to go with Rainbow Trail. Okay. I couldn't get over the the just the production quality of the first one. The sound and the editing, it was too much. It made it too hard for me to enjoy. And I don't know. I thought that the Rainbow Trail was a little more engaging. I was a little more into it in the plot. I like seeing, you know, that girl get naked in the swimming hole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll go with Rainbow Trail, but I like them both, but I'll give it to Rainbow Trail. All right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Split decision. Yeah. All right. Now, which movie did you prefer, the movie you predicted or the movie that we saw? God, it just kills me that the movie I predicted could have been the same movie. No, I'll give it to the actual movie that was made because cause that's what I should have predicted. I'm just so <laughs> mad at myself. So I'll give it to the actual movie because the actual movie that was made set up the sequel perfectly which is what we always want yeah so i'll give it to the movie um i'm also gonna give it to the movie i think they did a good job with it answered a lot of questions and set it up nicely yeah i would have loved to see you know that guy with the little glasses but no we didn't need him (laughs) but yeah for for what it was i thought this was a good movie yeah, not bad. It's uh, If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. Check it out. The other one, only available on eBay in burned DVD format. Yeah, but, but a nice like trip to the past. Yeah. If you want it, we'll send it to you. We got our copy. <laughs> we should raffle it off. <laughs> so that's it for this week of our sequels. Next week, we got something very, very special for you. You're never going to believe it, but this episode is our 50th episode. Five zero. We've done 25 movies with and their sequel or we did the sequels first and their movies (laughs) right to 25 pairs so this is our 50th episode so next week we're going to do a special look back our best moments what we've learned so far some special surprises it's gonna be great so stay tuned for our 50th episode for your diehard fans out there and um who knows maybe we'll be raffling off super babies and rainbow trail (laughs) I don't know if I can part with super babies. <laughs> Maybe for the hundredth. Uh, so that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Reverse Sequels. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ellie. See you next week. Bye.
sequel.